Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is the common service beginning on page 15. We'll open right now with hymn number 454, I Gave My Life for Thee. disobeyed you in my thoughts, 
words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given His only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by His authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Glory be to God on high and on earth peace, good will toward men. We praise you. We bless you, we worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. discipline and judgment on his people. And here we see the reading warning against not taking care of the poor, abusing the poor, and, and encouraging us, well, toward helping those who are in need. Hear this, you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat, skimping the measure, boosting the price, and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings with the wheat. Always looking for opportunities to take advantage is the picture there. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob 
I will never forget anything they have done. That is a scary sounding phrase, but of course, remember, God doesn't forget it, but when there is faith and there is repentance, well, then God does forgive. Alleluia, our Lord tells us, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Alleluia. Alleluia. Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 8. A wonderful reading because, well, it encourages us in our Christian lives, but then it states God's desire that all men, all people would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The Apostle Paul writes, I urge then first of all that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, and all those in authority, that they may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. We'll continue now with our second hymn, and that's hymn number 484, brothers, sisters, let us gladly. Oh, Bob. 
The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this 18th Sunday after Pentecost is our Gospel reading. It's from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, People will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, How much do you owe my master? Eight hundred gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it four hundred. Then he asked the second, And how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, Take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow stewards of the blessings our gracious God has given to us. There was a new pass, a new convert to Christianity who was talking to his pastor and, and as he was talking to his pastor, he, he was expressing his determination to give all he had for service in the Lord's kingdom. So he said to the pastor, Pastor, if I had 50 pigs, I'd give 25 of them to the Lord. That's very nice, said the pastor. He continued, but if you had 30, would you give 15 to the Lord? The enthusiastic convert said, of course I would. The pastor asked again, if you had 10, would you give five of them? The man said, you know I would. 
Then the pastor asked, if you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? The convert sheepishly replied to that, now pastor, don't ask me that. You know I have only two pigs. Simple little story. The man, the man was willing to give everything that he didn't have to the Lord. But with his own words, he was saying that he wasn't really determined to, to give all that he had in service to the Lord's kingdom as he thought he was willing to do. In our reading, what Jesus is doing is he's encouraging us to practice good stewardship in our Christian lives. And that word stewardship, it means using the gifts of time and talents and treasures that God has given to us to bring glory to God. That new convert, he didn't look too good when he was questioned by the pastor, but now if we think about him, well, it's really important for us now also to think about ourselves. How well would we fare if someone scrutinized our stewardship, our use of our time and our talents and our treasures in service to the Lord? Today, let's consider what our stewardship reveals about us. How we use our time and our talents and our treasures, what it does do is it does reveal our goals. It reveals our resourcefulness. It reveals our wisdom. It reveals our values in this life. And, and then also it reveals finally who is our master in our lives. The parable that's before us today, it's perhaps Jesus' most controversial parable. And what Jesus does here is he uses an unrighteous man with unrighteous acts pursuing unrighteous ends to teach us a lesson. And the lesson that he's teaching us, of course, is how we'll want to dedicate our lives to serve the Lord. So we're not supposed to learn from the man's unrighteousness, but from his dedication. And his dedication here is what is commended, not his unrighteousness, not his sinful actions. In the parable, there was a man who was entrusted with the management of a large business. He was supposed to be the steward, the management of his master's business. But this steward, he turned out to be a dishonest man and when his dishonesty was brought to the attention of the rich man, what happened of course is that the rich man called him to account and told him that what he needed to do is make a final account of what he was doing and of course then he would be done. He would no longer be the steward or the manager of the rich man's business. His work was over. The manager didn't deny the charge. He knew that he was guilty. His whole goal in life had been to enjoy 
life, to get the most out of life, and he'd been doing that at the expense of his employer. And now that he'd been caught, now he's in trouble, but it still was his desire to enjoy life. He still wanted to do that. He didn't want to have to submit to beg or do manual labor. He didn't want to do that. So he came up with a plan so that he could continue to enjoy life and, and continue to enjoy life still at the expense of his employer. That true manager, his goal in life again, to enjoy life. And now, when we look at ourselves, at our stewardship of our time and our talents and our treasures, what does that reveal about our goals in life? What is the focus of our life? Oh, the story is told of this shepherd and his small dog that came to live in Edinburgh, Scotland. The dog was so loyal to his master, he followed him wherever he went. And, well, when the man died and was buried in a local cemetery, when the man was being carried out to the local cemetery, people didn't notice it, but there following the procession, following the mourners, was this little small dog. After the mourners left, what happened is that that little dog, he sat down beside the shepherd's grave. And not for a day or a week or a month, but for the rest of his life, he stayed there. And interested people who noticed the dog, who knew he, who he was, what they would do is they would bring him food and water so that he'd be able to stay there. And the amazing thing is, is that he stayed there for 12 years until he actually died, until he actually divided, died. And now that's what you would call faithfulness. That's what you would call faithfulness. Oh, that we would, as Christians, would show that kind of dedication, that devotion to our Lord, so that when we look at ourselves, we see that our goals in this life, that they are, well, since we've already been called to faith, since we're already believing children of God, well, our goals in life would be to grow in the faith, to serve the Lord in the spread of his kingdom, and to be with the Lord forever in heaven. Two examples are given here of the shrewd manager's shrewd plan to provide for himself after he no longer would have his job. The rich man did give him some time to prepare his final account. So the man, he acted quickly and decisively he reduced the huge debts that two men owed to his master. By his action, what he did is he was making friends with those debtors. He wanted to get on their good side, thereby putting, him, putting them under his obligation, feeling confident that later on when he no longer had a job, then these people would end up welcoming him into their homes or their businesses because he had worked out such a great favor for them. 
Well, when he was accused of dishonesty, when he was fired from his position, his situation seemed absolutely hopeless. But his resourcefulness, that saved the day for him and would hopefully allow him to continue to enjoy life. But now what does our stewardship reveal about us and our resourcefulness in serving our Lord? Oh, a high school in Virginia years ago offered a course that was called Home Economic for Boys. And very few young men were interested in that course. And next, the next year, what happened is that the course was renamed. And the course was renamed to Bachelor Living. And the effect was amazing because 120 young men promptly signed up for that course. The curriculum never changed. It still had as its goal teaching these young men cooking, doing laundry, and money management. But just by that name change, what happened is that all of these young men were interested in the course. It, it needed the right image so that students would come. In our efforts to reach out with the gospel, we likewise need to be as resourceful as that school was or, or as the shrewd manager was in taking care of his future. We need to be resourceful as we strive to bring people to the church so that they can hear the gospel message. And well, when we talk about being resourceful like that, of course we don't change, we don't compromise the message, we preach the word of God as it is, and well, the fact of the matter is, is that the word of God as it is, by the grace of God, it will attract some, and, and well, because of unbelief or weakness of faith, the word of God might push people away as well, but the word will still work. It's important that we don't change or compromise the message, but you know, years ago, it seems that when a congregation was formed, what happened is that you'd build a building and then what would happen is that the building would be there and people would come to the church that was there. Kind of that idea of a local church like that. But, but that's not the case anymore. Not generally the case. Today, we need to be resourceful in bringing people into our church. And that means that what each of us needs to be constantly thinking about is what is it that I can do? What is it that you can do to bring more people through our doors and into our church so that they can hear the word of God? Each of us needs to be on the lookout for for friends and acquaintances who might have some sort of a special need for the gospel. Perhaps they're having family or financial or emotional problems. Perhaps it's illnesses, different troubles that affecting, are affecting them. And, and then what we can do is we can point them to Jesus, the great physician. The great physician who will give us all the help and the strength that we need to face life's trials and troubles and to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. But as we look 
for people with whom we can share the gospel. Let's remember that it's not really our main goal that our church would grow. We'd like to see that, of course. But the reason why we share the gospel is because we know that that's the message that sinners need to hear. Well, to be brought to faith in Jesus and, and to give us the assurance and the strength that we need to live in this sinful world and to look forward to eternal life in heaven. The manager in this parable was extremely resourceful. Jesus said, The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. The rich man had been cheated, yet he praised the manager not for his dishonesty, not for his stealing from him, but for his shrewdness. And Jesus' application of this situation, it seems a little bit confusing here, but it only seems that way. The people of this world, the people of this world are, are worldly-minded unbelievers, of course. They are shrewd when it comes to business affairs, we could say here, and they're concerned about their earthly future, and they're putting everything into that. They're acting, they're acting to, and they act to provide for that future. But what about God's children? Do we show the same concern always for our eternal future? Do we make plans and act wisely so that our efforts are always directed toward focusing in on where we're going and on our eternal home? Or do we often neglect to be energetic in working toward that goal? Jesus said, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The Apostle Paul did say, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Nevertheless, what we Christians can do and will want to do is put our earthly treasures, our earthly wealth to good use. And we can use it, as Jesus says here, to gain friends, that is to reach out with the gospel so that the Holy Spirit can work on more people's hearts, can work faith in people's hearts so that they will be able to be our friends for all eternity. And when we use our time and our talents and our treasures to reach out with the gospel, then by God's grace we're showing true wisdom because we're working for the most important cause that there is in this world, saving sinners like us from eternal punishment. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, 
Who will trust you with true riches? Christ's followers, they consider worldly wealth as far less important than the true riches of God's grace and love of the gospel and of our salvation. But Jesus' point here really is quite simple. He wants us to show our values. That is, what we feel is most important in this life. And he wants us to handle and use everything he gives us, whether it's worldly wealth or spiritual wealth, remembering that he wants us to be faithful managers of what he has given to us, of the amazing gifts that he gives to us. Well, in conclusion, Jesus said, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. In our materialistic world, we really can't hear this warning too often. To unbelievers, money is a goal in and of itself, and oftentimes it can be a master. And, and to acquire wealth is often considered to be life's chief purpose. In fact, money can so easily become a, our God. And we need to watch out for that. We need to watch and pray and look to God for his help and strength so that money and wealth doesn't control us, but, be, but that the Lord remains the Lord of our lives. To us Christians, money isn't a God, but it is a blessing from God that we can use. It is a blessing from God that we can use to serve the Lord and the spread of his kingdom. May God help us so that the stewardship of our time and our talents and our treasures shows always that we aren't selfishly living for ourselves, but that we're living to serve our Savior who selflessly gave his life for us so we can live with him forever. In hymn 454 of Christian worship that we sang, our Savior gave this encouragement. I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be and quickened from the dead. I gave my life for thee, come give thyself for me. Oh, oh let thy life be spent, thy years for me be given, as I for thee was sent to bear thee home for heaven, I gave my life for thee. Come give thy life for me. Jesus gave his all for us. He spared no cost. He gave his life. He suffered and died. He endured hell for us. And what he did for us well, we can't even begin to repay him for what he has done. But may God help us. May God help us with all our lives to be saying thank you to God over and over again for the amazing grace and love that 
that he has given us and that he's going to keep on giving us. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, you have called us to work in your vineyard and want no one to stand idle in the marketplace. Give to each of us our tasks in the work of your kingdom and help us to know your gracious reward for our labor. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, oh, we continue to think of Oh, Paula Burris dealing with that leg infection that keeps causing her grief. We, we continue to remember my dad. Uh, sounds like he's transitioning from a rehab into a nursing home situation. And uh, we'll pray that he would gain strength and get through that COVID fog that he's dealing with. We think of all of the different people in our congregation with their different trials and troubles, and we say, Lord God, please, if it's according to your will, grant healing. If it's according to your will, grant healing, but we know what your will is, and we know that your will first and foremost is that, that all the troubled people in our congregation and our world, that they would know more and more of the grace and love of God because that's what gives them always the greatest strength and the help that we need to keep on fighting the good fight of faith while you keep us here on this earth. Lord God, keep blessing us, building us up, strengthening us in our faith in our Savior Jesus. And we also remember Stan Krosick, his daughter was called out of this life and to her eternal home and we're so thankful for the grace and mercy you showed to her in her earthly life but but now we are asking you Lord God to please give Stan your help and strength and give him that comfort that comes only through the gospel the comfort of knowing that through faith in Jesus we can look forward to being reunited with believers in heaven and we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today couple of announcements to share with you. Well, Monday is Hannah Wine's birthday, Thursday, Lindy Powers, Friday, Stan Krosick has a birthday. Again, remember him, and especially as he's dealing, well, he's still dealing with the effects of shingles and, and well, the, the, the passing of his daughter. Please look at all of the people on our prayer list. Please keep them in your prayers. And in the congregation this week, well, Thursday night, we do have our third quarter voters meeting at 6.30 p.m. Remember, no, we have been having our Wednesday worship service, a repeat of Sunday service for those who wouldn't be able to come on Sunday morning opportunity to come and worship and, and well, for our communicants to receive the Lord's Supper. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always.